0: Like the, the opposite of Game of Thrones. Like <laughs> it's, just, it's it's just like you know it's the opposite of gratuitous.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome along to another episode of X-Files Talk X-Files, the only podcast that regularly shits itself when it sees its reflection in the mirror. <laughs> I'm your host, David Howard, and joining me today from XFiles.news I have Roy and Jessa. Hello to both of you. Hello.
2: Hello.
0: Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. We're glad to be back.
1: You're like the traditional double act, and I felt bad <laughs> when we had Roy on a couple of weeks ago, and Jessa wasn't there, too, so... Nice to have you well, both back together.
0: Yeah. Yeah, um, no, we
2: always have a, a good time discussing the exiles.
1: <laughs> so, I know we're going to get to shim- some shippy stuff, but we're going to try and save that for a little later on in the podcast. So, uh,.
2: All right, so people can just turn it off once we go off on a, <laughs> yeah. on a rant. They're like, exactly. so we
0: can just go from here. <laughs> well planned, well, yeah. well planned.
1: At that point, I'll need a refill of my water, so I'll just wander off and I'll come back, and I'm sure you'll still be talking. So,
2: <laughs> hours later, Jess and I are still here discussing the intricacies. <laughs> and
0: another thing... <laughs>
1: So uh, today, of course, we're talking about Plus One, which is a standalone episode written by Chris Carter, uh, but directed by Kevin Hooks. And I think overall, this episode has a pretty positive reaction overall. Um, I feel like personally, it was a pretty good standalone. Um, I mean, I'm at the point where I really, really want a good scary monster of the week, um, which this wasn't quite, it had some creepy moments, um, but it wasn't really the monster of the monster of the week that I wanted. Um but as a standalone it was it was fine. It did have some creepy bits in parts. Um I just felt like it kind of fell a little bit short in that we didn't really explore um the phenomenon in this episode. We didn't really explore Judy and Chuck's telepathic mm-hmm. bond or how they can summon people's homicidal doubles. Um, <laughs> it kind of became a Mulder and Scully um shacking up episode.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but you know, was it, it, it was good. It was good. Overall definite thumbs up. Um, my biggest criticism I think has got to be with Chris's writing on this one is that he just the way that he writes Mulder and Scully in some <laughs> aspects of this episode. Yeah. It's almost I've, like yeah. he, you know, I know he created these characters, but it's almost like and we've seen this before that the characters have grown beyond what he wants them to be and it feels like now he's kind of shoehorning them into trying to
2: pull them back
1: what he wants the plot to be and whereas other writers whereas other writers kind of recognize how they've grown and how they've changed and how they are there these fully realized characters Chris just rebels against that and he just is not comfortable with them as these realized characters he wants them to be these i don't say one-dimensional but these much earlier versions of who they are and he wants them to be in this certain place and it just doesn't ring true at all
2: nope (laughs) i think that's the main criticism i've heard from everyone who's watched the episode when you like look at the episode as a whole it's still pretty entertaining like you said um i think there was kind of too much between like the four different, you know, characters of Judy and and Chuck to to really explore that, like they just didn't have the time to go into that. And I even with like the the space that the Mulder and Scully stuff takes up, I, I still don't think there's enough time to really explore it fully. But I mean, everything kind of seemed to go pretty well, and then there's just this area where you have no idea what exactly Chris was thinking, <laughs> and you're not sure how you got there. <laughs> <laughs> Yes.
0: No, and I uh, I couldn't agree more with the um that it's like he has them in kind of a different zeitgeist, if you will. Like um, I often thought this would be perfect for a season seven episode, and I feel like that's where he's trying to place them, but it's not season seven; it's way later.
1: It's funny you yeah. said that because there was a definite kind of vibe that felt a little like season six, maybe early season seven.
0: Yeah. Yeah
1: just throughout the whole you know the banter in the office and stuff and uh, i don't know just the whole episode just kind of felt like that and maybe that's kind of what you know kevin hooks hasn't directed next ones before so maybe he went back to the most recent episodes <laughs> that had Mulder and scully in them to kind of get a feeling for the show so I'm i not also sure.
2: um i have no idea if this is true, but one of the thoughts I had when I watched the episode was whether like this kind of storyline minus like the Mulder and Silly stuff had been something Chris had thought of back in the day and he was kind of flushing it out now. And maybe that's why it felt a little kind of stalled in the past in some places. But I mean, when you get to the Mulder and Silly stuff, it's clear that he's stalled in the past um, when it comes to that. So Who knows? I mean, I'd love to hear him, like, really come out and talk about it, but um, he's been having some interesting reactions and, like, interviews to people online and stuff like that, so uh, maybe he's just being a little quieter right now.
1: Yes, he always has interesting things to say.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it hasn't been going super well for him online recently. Like, he had an AMA that didn't – that had some problems, and, you know, he had a couple interviews where – i don't know what he was thinking you know they, they they just didn't come across as to him kind of being on the same place that everyone else is and so i don't know chris carter like just continually you know you love and you, then you hate him <laughs> so
1: yeah yeah and um you know, going back to what you said about this is maybe an idea that he's been working on for a while i mean you know i've kind of hinted at that, that I it's kind of joked about that in a few other podcasts. So, oh, we have another Chris Carter standalone that has to do with doubles and doppelgangers. I mean, it, that's kind of his, his be, being his M.O. You know, we have Syzygy, um, we had Fight Club, and I'm, I'm sure there's another triangle. one in there. I'm missing Triangle. Um, so I kind of felt like, OK, this is, you know, this is an idea that he's obviously been processing for a long long time there's something that he wants to say and he's never really quite gotten there so i was thinking this is going to be the episode where he he managed to do that and it ended up not really being about that mm-hmm. at all
2: yeah and it felt like last week with this like the show had a lot of respect for like Mulder and Scully and and how far they'd come and i, don't, I we're just like you know like last season and i think i've just ch- shuffled around the the production um and how they're airing as well last season it felt like it jumped around it feels like it's jumping back and forth again um and we're just in the past we're in the future who knows where we are i don't know
1: (laughs) yeah i mean exos has always kind of been like that that you know we'd have these big mythology two-parters where it's just like devastating stuff is happening and (laughs) <laughs> then the next episode, it's just we're off to the woods and we're gonna yeah. kid and joke and flirt, and it, you know,
0: yeah, their coping skills are
1: um <laughs> I mean, it was always kind of like that, but this season it just seems you know jarring with every single step that we have so far. You know, we have well, first of all, you know, the world is about to end, and then suddenly it's not. It was all just a dream. Just and Jk. <laughs> then we're just gonna skip from that to feet up watching the Ramones, and then suddenly it's a home invasion and we're on the run, people are hunting us, and then suddenly we're back at work like nothing has ever happened.
2: Yeah, it's fine. I mean, the assassins, they're they're just gone now. No worries. (laughs) Just move on. And maybe
1: it's just because the scale of some of the stuff that we've had, it it seems like it it should be stuff that's kind of bleeding through into the everyday um, because it affects the world. And in the past, we had, you know, the monsters of the week and stuff were more kind of contained, and even if you know, the monster survived at the end, or we got a teaser that this could happen again, it wasn't like it was a full-blown thing. It was it would always be kind of contained to the shadows, to this small little area of the real world. And this time around, everything is just such on a massive scale. It's harder to buy into next week, where back to square one, you know, normal day, Scully doesn't believe in ghosts or whatever.
0: Yeah, I actually find it refreshing. Um, I mean, maybe it doesn't make sense. Um, from uh, a character growth perspective, but I love that she's back to being super skeptic. And um, I must say, her problem solving and puzzle skills are astounding and amazing. A plus, a plus, right uh, there. <laughs> she must play a lot of D and D or something. Cause <laughs> she, uh, she's just, she's got. Um, absolutely I'm going back a little bit towards this, but she's just, uh, she's really on top of her game
2: some of the uh the medical stuff and the science stuff she was like dropping in this episode was really impressive and i was like damn scully girl (laughs) she's but yeah like just that i
0: really like i like their banter their uh back and forth kind of again that um reminded me of some kind of old school Mulder and scully where they just volley yes there's some good banter in this one
2: yeah, the office scene yeah. was like I, I watched it earlier this morning, and like it really felt like the X Files office, and Mulder and Scully, and I really liked that part. So,
1: and I like what you said about the dropping bits of science in, and yet it didn't feel like a peer-reviewed paper. Like my struggle too.
0: So oh, that God. How it's- <laughs> I mean, yeah, I loved my struggle too from a scientific point of view, but boy, was that hard hard to follow. And I really like science, and that was.
2: Yeah, and if if you need, like, hours of exclamation, uh, explanation yeah. for how it works, like, it's, it, it's not working, you know? And in the past, like, you had some really nice hints of science and history with, whether it be, like, you know, Nazi scientists we brought over and stuff like that that worked into the show. And, you know, it just continued working. It wasn't, it didn't, like, try too hard. Um, and in this episode, I think again, Scully was like, "Well, you know, here's a reason why you can feel a presence in the room, based on this and that and this." And she's just like looking there, skeptical. And Mulder loves it too. You know, he likes bouncing back with her, ba- back and forth. So
0: I also really like that um, when she's driving in the car and she sees her double in the back seat. First of all, kudos to her for not just crashing the car. I would have just freaked out. <laughs> <I'm> like <laughs> that's it. Um, but it was her rationality that totally, or the bread pills either or,
2: or Uh, they just didn't finish the hangman puzzle too. So I think there's three possibilities. But she's never cool.
0: And I mean, it was, it was really cool. She just, you know, and she's like, you're not real. And it's like, yes, Scully.
2: Mulder shoots at his.
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs) And then he beats the hell up.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
0: Very character.
1: Yeah. It did take me back to, um, Uh, The Ghosts Who Stole Christmas and the bit where they're going up the stage, she's like, okay, I am scared, but it's just an irrational fear, so it doesn't mean anything. And it's kind of the same sort of thing here. It's like, okay, I'm a little freaked out, but I know it's irrational, so you're not going to hurt me, okay? It's just some sort of power in that uh, refusal to accept that something weird was going on. And uh, what's that? um, It's the one with um, season nine uh, with Doggett I forget the name of the episode. Little Monsters or something? Scary Monsters. Scary Monsters. And that line at the end, it's your lack of imagination saved us all. Yeah. And that's what it felt like. (laughs) (laughs) So let's touch on a few little things. Uh, I have a few just sort of scattered random notes here. But this is the third episode in a row now where we haven't had a regular tagline, where it's been something different. And I just want maybe... maybe. it's me thinking that we'll have more of a classic episode if we have one that has just the regular tagline on it. But uh any thoughts on that? Or is everyone just fine with them changing that each episode at the moment?
2: I mean, it was kind of like a rare occurrence back in the day. And then last season, too, it was just, um, you know, this is the end. Um And I don't know. I mean, I think I, while well, I enjoy seeing, like, occasional... Changed taglines like kind of for me, for the most part, the SLs was just like the regular ones, and then when something changed, you're like, Oh no, like, shit is about to go down today,
1: exactly. And you felt good that you kind of had caught yeah. that, that for those those few seconds where it's on screen, so yeah.
2: So, and, and I'd really like the last episode, even though who, who knows what's <laughs> gonna happen there. Um, I, I'd i like it to like retain the original tagline. I, you know, if I want to see the SLs for one last time, I want it to be like old school but I think we just have to wait and see what's going to happen in terms of all the other episodes because there's still a lot that aren't even available to for screeners and stuff like that so
0: all I can say is I agree I I kind of miss how rare it was and made it more uh special although I kind of liked the little mirror that they did but now I'm trying to just think if they had that for Fight Club and you know like I don't know if that would have worked for Triangle, but you know what I mean? Like, but I I do miss that kind of rarity in it. So I think we've just gone off the rails at this point with it.
1: Yeah. So, um, okay, let's talk about some classic sort of um Easter eggs that we have in this episode. Is it me or is Chuck's house actually the house from home? Because it looks a lot it like it. It
2: looks like it, but the house from home doesn't have that type of foliage around it. Like, there aren't trees all around it, like, there, so. They could have
1: planted stuff.
2: No, there were some big <laughs> trees. <laughs> uh, I don't know,
0: Roy. I, they could
2: have put them on uh, wood and then screwed them <laughs> together. <laughs> and... <laughs> um, and plus, the home house—I believe it's blue now. Um, it got—it it looks really good. They—they they did it up, and I think it belongs to um, some production company out there now. It's no longer a private residence. It's just basically used for filming. Uh, as far as I understand anyway. Um, so I thought that too. I was like, this looks just like it, but it just I don't think it's possible that it is given like the surrounding landscape. Plus there's a overpass behind it and there's not an overpass behind the house and home. Um You notice like when Mulda pulls up, I think the first time you can see kinda at the tree line, you can see cars going past. So I think it's right by an overpass.
1: Okay. Well, um, I mean, I guess that ties into another thing, because there's that one shot um, outside the motel where the lawyer, Dean, visits them and he's freaking out. And I had to go back to Syzygy and have a look, because there's a shot in that episode where they're talking outside the hotel. It might have been the uh, bit where they're arguing about who's going to drive. <laughs> and it's shot so similarly, I thought maybe it was even the same motel that they had gone back to, but I don't think it was. But there's, you know... and. So that and the fact that, you know, it looked like the home house, but it wasn't. There's a lot of kind of things which seem very reminiscent of past episodes, um, but it's not quite so. It's probably a happy accident. Uh, Kevin Hook's probably studied past X-Files episodes to get a flavor for how to stage certain things, maybe.
2: Yeah, because I don't think he's seen the whole show at all.
1: No, but it, it works for this episode that things kind of look similar, but they're different, I guess. Yeah,
2: yeah. No, like even though I'm like out on the highway, and um, it's it the whole show looks kind of brighter and shinier. But um, that reminded me of I think it was Fresh Bones where they're out at the site of where that car hits the tree. It was kind of kind of the same deal.
1: Yeah, it, de- and it definitely felt overall like we said earlier, like a season six, season seven kind of episode. Just I guess the way it was shot or something. Um, and it kind of got me thinking, you know, this not being quite the monster of the week that I wanted, and it would be kind of nice if they had brought back a villain from a previous episode, which they had done sequels before, like years later. So I was kind mm. of thinking, you know, I went back and had a look and what? there's not really that many villains that you could have coming back at this point, I don't think. Most of them yeah. are, you know, strictly just one and done. Lots of them get killed at the end or something.
2: Um, you run the risk of, if it doesn't go well, potentially like destroying like a beloved like villain and classic X Files character. So I wonder if they purposely kind of stayed away from some of that. Um, yeah. Because like you, you could bring the Peacock family back, but what are the chances that you ever top home? I mean, it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. So maybe they just. Um, kind of did that intentionally. I
1: don't know. Yeah, and really, the only ones that I could even see could you could you know bring back in a believable way that would work would maybe be the girls from Eve. Um,
2: oh. Yeah. Mm. At this point, and it would
1: kind of tie in with all the stuff that's still happening with the mythology and you know founders mutation and and stuff like that. Um, they
2: freaked me out. Like evil children in the X Files, like particularly freak me out.
1: <laughs> but you're not going to find you're not going to find you know little girls that look like the little girls from eve now because presumably they would have kept on their experiments and you know bred more eves but that would be that would be the only one i could really see coming back that or maybe amazing malini with some other sort of magic kind of thing but they weren't really creepy villains yeah. like donnie faster or um oh gosh, or pusher so cool. or anything you know
2: yeah yeah no i think the the most iconic X Files villains, you they're they're done. Like you just can't bring them back at all, unfortunately, or or maybe fortunately, who knows? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, selfishly, my favorite villain is probably the one from Detour, Paul yes. de Leon and his um, Hot and Predator crew. I guess you could say because um, they're all invisible, and I love the ending of that kind of that ambiguous, you know, under the hotel bed and that they're still out there. But like Roy
2: said, if you brought that back, you'd run the risk of kind of ruining that. uh, If if Frank could come back and do that, like, I'd be fine. I'd give, like, a kid name for Frank Spontanebs to come back and write something. (laughs) We all would.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Dito is what I've thought of. I mean, you you either do exactly the same thing you've already done, or you take it in a completely different direction like maybe they're adapted to the cities or the suburbs or something now but i'm not sure how well that would work so
2: yeah i mean i kind of felt like um in this uh glenn went back and found something he could bring back in a reasonable way that didn't diminish it in the past i thought he did like a really good job but we've gotten off track to how much I love Glenn Morgan, so I, I won't keep doing that because we'll be here for a while. So let's talk
1: about um Karen Connerval.
0: Karen's amazing.
2: Amazing, yeah. And she's um she did an interview with us recently and she's honestly like a really nice, easy to work with person as well. And then she's just like killer on screen. I have no idea how she went up and down between all those things and um She answered a whole bunch of fan questions in the interview. Uh, It's it's on X event. It was actually really interesting to hear her talk about um, how she got into those characters and how she adjusted them. Like, um, you know, one of them is right handed, one of them is left handed. Um, The makeup she used, the prosthetics she used, the, um, you know, she kind of made the demon Judy kind of like more provocative. And I just thought that was pretty interesting. Oh, and another thing uh, I noticed when I just rewatched, um, when you talk about the two different Judys and when Scully finds her dead, it kind of looked more like that uh, version of Judy, that that was like demon Judy. I didn't know yeah. if there was like something going on there because she could see like her, her pink bra strap and um, her lipstick was on. And I wasn't sure if, you know, there was something to be said about, you yeah, know, I'm just not sure. I just thought it was interesting. <laughs> And maybe good Judy's still out there. Maybe not out there, but maybe that, you know, the true Judy was, you know, this, like, sick, twisted, evil one. Uh, oh, um, I see what you mean. That's interesting,
1: yeah. yeah. Because when her double, when her evil double turned up to kill her, it was demon Judy then as well.
2: Yeah. And so, oh. I mean, I think I don't, you know, I think one of them's just a, a manifestation, you know, basically in their own head theory or something but um, we never really explored it in the episode so it's hard to say (laughs) Uh, See, that
0: would be really interesting to have like the baseline be evil you know you always hear like they feel like you have an evil twin what if you're naturally evil do they have you know like a fantasy of a good twin you know or kind of go like the opposite of the going down the dark path where there's just kind of like I don't know wondering if there's a good version of you out there acting as you know see
1: that's substitute. even already so much more interesting than what Chris did with this idea, <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it felt like that... there were some areas where he just missed some opportunities, but it was really constrained for time as it was.
0: It was a little um a little packed um it slowed, I guess because I mean it was just kind of kept going and going, but um,
1: it got a little rough towards the end, but overall, I think he did a pretty good job on this. it was it could have been
2: worse in terms of that (laughs) yeah i mean i I
1: mean i'll even say that (laughs) in terms of everything that's crammed in here it's maybe a little better balanced even than home again last season Um, yeah home again kind of
2: suffered from that problem because like home again was supposed to be like two episodes basically and i think to do it justice like scully and maggie really needed their own episode yeah um And I think the the case as a result gets like pushed aside and you don't get to explore it as much. And, you know, Scully sitting there like sobbing over her dying mother. Like I don't really care about the monster quite as much, you know? Right.
1: Yeah. And also want to give a shout out to um, Ben Wilkinson as the lawyer, Dean Cavalier, who I thought was really great. I mean, this is the kind of, he's basically got four scenes in the entire episode And in another episode, it would have just been a thankless, uh, forgettable kind of role. But I think he just he brings just the kind of right amount of humor and pathos to it. That even though, you know, you know, this is like a slimy lawyer who's going to get his comeuppance, you kind of feel a little bit bad for him. Um, I just thought he did a really great job. And even that first scene where they're interrogating Aki, you know, just the kind of looks that he gives his client and stuff. I just thought he was a brilliant character.
2: I thought it was like super American that he was like, better get all these guns and swords. I was like, yeah, yeah, America. Just
1: the re- just the reveal when he comes down you see those walls full of swords. I thought it was brilliant.
2: I mean, he could be strangled with anything, you know? Like the cord to a lamp. I mean, it didn't make sense like all of these um killings like they happen no one else is around to say oh this person didn't kill themselves or, or whatever no one sees it happen like the best way to in theory protect yourself would to be somewhere public and open and um, just like stay put and and don't be in a house filled with knives it felt like Mulder and Snelly didn't take him seriously didn't protect him it was a little like they, there was some issue there
0: it almost felt like they didn't know how and so yeah, it was more like,
2: a, like oh well, good luck, <laughs> don't <laughs> die. <laughs> Maybe they should have, you know, put a protection detail on him or something. And there wasn't time for that. But you know, he expressed that he felt he was in danger, and no one really helped him. I guess, and I don't know.
1: It's almost like Mulder's business cards are cursed because whenever he gives <laughs> one to somebody, they usually end up dead in the next scene.
2: And there's blood on them, yeah. Like, Max. Max had that one with the blood on it. Yes. So if Mulder ever
0: tries to hand you a business card, be like, no, I ain't touching that. (laughs) that way for me. Yeah,
1: and if you ever think of calling him, it basically means you've signed your own death warrant.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Call Scully. I'd call Scully instead. She'd she'd be more on top of it. (laughs) Would she, though? (laughs) (laughs) Well, apparently she's busy in bed, so Nope.
1: (laughs) She just tell you you're being stupid and irrational, and hang up on yeah.
0: you. Well, maybe that's what I need to hear.
2: Yeah, <laughs> maybe it, maybe that's what worked for her. Maybe it'll work for us.
0: Um, but just a random thought when uh, we were talking about this, feels like season six and season seven. Even her pajamas were dark colored, like the <laughs> wardrobe. Like <laughs> <laughs> <guess, laughs> season six and
2: seven. Well, In general, like I will say, like. Killer wardrobe these days, guys. um They I really know. smooth stuff out, and scaly just looks great. Like, I wish I could pull off those things. Could not, the way she does. But um I think Jillian has had more influence these days, and I think she looks back at the old episodes and wish she had had more influence. Um,
0: <laughs> so I think she. You don't miss
2: the linebacker shoulder pads? I mean, I do, but I don't think Jillian Anderson does. <laughs>
0: No, I love it's still silk pajamas. Still silk
2: pajamas. Yeah, no, it has to be. I mean, she didn't have them on in Wear Monster, but she also, you know, headcanon-wise was wearing Mulder's New York Knicks t-shirt, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> fine, totally fine.
1: And she avoids getting Dookie over them as well, so that's nice.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Which, uh, uh, if that's... there's any question about that, it, if you go back, Dookie is actually the brand of the chocolate pudding that judy is eating in that first scene where they go to see her so
0: yeah you get a good close-up of it yeah real mature
1: (laughs) let's talk about scully a little bit then because there are some interesting moments in here and whether you think this is chris just writing what he wants to write not paying attention to the character or if you think it is a natural evolution but there's two moments in this episode um one where scully eats those bread pills which, you know, she eats them skeptically, but it's kind of like a just-in-case they do have magical powers. And then there's that wonderful scene I referenced earlier where they're standing in front of the motel and they have that whole conversation that maybe the devil is just a concept. I thought it was, you know, I took it... For me, they both kind of worked a little bit, that, you know, this is an evolution of, of Scully and she's kind of reached this point now where she can articulate her beliefs and what she thinks they mean, you know, religiously but also in terms of all the weird shit that she has seen on the x-files um i thought both those two moments kind of worked in tandem quite nicely
0: um i thought where the bread pills were stored would have made uh, me a little gross to eat them yeah like they're just covered boobs with so. <laughs> so that would have been definitely one of my thoughts
2: um
1: she must have rolled them really tightly <laughs>
2: Yeah, plus, yes, like, this she, is a crazy a person in a mental institution. She could be, like, spiking these pills with her meds. Like, you, I would have, like, some concerns just in general okay. about them. Like, they're Valium bread pills.
0: <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, or something like that. Um, no, I would have a little concern as well. Um, also, her, she mentions that she sleeps with her back to the door to avoid the devil, um, which I thought was kind of interesting for her to kind of harken back to that, uh, to that belief as well um, but anyway um, long story short the bread pills um, I mean if she besides the fact that like Roy brought up that they could be spiked with something I guess if it was doing no harm and they truly were bread pills then I mean are you going to do either throw them away or you eat them so go big or go home
2: yeah <laughs>
0: But. Well,
1: maybe just like Agent Einstein, she knows the power of the placebo effect.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess if she thought it couldn't hurt, then, I mean, okay, you know, especially since she, I mean, she's aware that this is like an irrational fear, just like she was in, like you said, How the Ghost Told Christmas, but she, she still felt that fear. So maybe she felt she could kind of conquer it in some way, you know, by... Saying, well, you know, I've covered all my bases, so you really can't hurt me.
0: Why not something. split him with Mulder, though? I was a little murked that she didn't, like, you know, well, Mulder
2: just got up and kind of rudely left her, so.
1: Right <laughs> away. As he wanted
2: yeah.
0: to do. Mm-hmm.
2: That's pretty tough Mulder.
0: <laughs> well, then maybe, but I, mean, I like, don't know.
2: Scully's, like, come back to bed, were you going to be like, no? I mean, I think that's just unrealistic. <laughs>
0: Well, they're still professionals. Mm They have a case to
2: do. They're photonic professionals. Yeah. Okay. On that
1: note, I think we've entered the uh, territory for shipping report. So have have, have (laughs) at it. I'll I'll step back from the microphone (laughs) and I'll just pretend to listen for the next one. Everyone,
2: take a seat because Jess and I have already discussed this for several hours. (laughs) Um, You shock me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Um. where is chris carter chris carter doesn't know what's going on when it comes to wilderness scully like i it, part of me would think like oh you know he's just trying to you know preserve the ust or the, like he's just so far out of touch with where these characters are this like whole conversation they have in the bed scene like it's hard to watch it points like it it doesn't make any sense at all these are two people that have been like in love with each other for decades they don't have any other lives they they're working together i mean according to this they're they're living together i mean they have been living together in the past they have a child together like one in five billion the truth we both know uh you were the only person i'm trying you know you're my constant my touchstone like i just don't understand how he can possibly get back to but to where, like, that's not still there. Because it's obvious that it is still there. Like, with everything Mulder and Scully do. Like, it's it's just apparent that chemistry is there. It's never going to go away. Like, it's so unrealistic that uh, a 53-year-old Dana Scully is going to go out on some, like, date with some dude, decide she's going to marry him, and, like, stop talking to Mulder. Like, it just, where is he going? It makes no sense to preserve some question of will they won't they because they have multiple times and they have a child together i just i don't know what he's thinking but it seems like he's just totally out of touch with his characters here and what should be a really like beautiful substantial moment only has like kind of hints of it courtesy of david and jillian
1: it's because chris has a bag of tricks and he just uses the same stuff over and over again like can skinner be trusted
2: Yeah, it's just so tiring. Like, Skinner was there for Scully all through her pregnancy. He protected her. He did what she asked, you know. And, oh, well, he's, you know, working for the man. I mean, and and then what they did with him and Cigarette smoking Man and to make him the bearer of this, like, terrible, hopefully, lie is just, ugh, like, Chris, where are you? And it, it feels like he's... People have been saying these things, like, people on the show, you know, just critics fans whatever and it it just seems like he's just not listened to anyone and oh he only he knows best and i don't know it's just really frustrating to keep doing this when you know like last week we didn't have these problems at all and i don't know why he continues to have them it's just disheartening ah okay um um,
0: yeah let's once uh, i know this is this is getting pretty redundant but if this conversation happened in like season 6 or 7 it would have made a little more sense like maybe after permanum or something like that um but for first of all for her for Scully to be so blatant in blunt in her like i'm worried that you're going to go out and find someone it is huge for her character to not dance around the topic in a million ways without saying something so direct. And then, but the fact that they're even having it, like Roy said, at this point just seems preposterous and not believable. And then it makes them seem like they actually do have the worst communication skills ever. Um, to have never had a discussion, like, when she says, like, I would have liked a second child, and he's like, oh, really? Like,
2: I had no idea. Like, really? You only lived together for, like, a decade <laughs> or so, but, like, this never came up. When you were, like, crying at the end of the truth about giving up your baby, you never said, like, you know, you know, what do we do now? Where do we go from here? Round two. He, has, like, Chris ever, like, had feelings? I mean, like, do, I don't... <laughs> understand what's happened here that there's this huge disconnect but like there's no way like in the past like I can kind of give some stuff to Chris like I understand why he's made these choices that but there's there doesn't seem to be like a justification here and it's just so frustrating because like watching that scene like just like the end of Babylon it's like better off muted for the most part like they might as well not be talking and it's better huh it just seemed really out of place yeah no i agree with jessa it, it's a conversation they would have had like decades ago
1: <laughs> yeah the, um, nothing about it feels natural at all
2: um mm-mm. the only thing no. that was natural was the the end parts as uh, like the end where skelly turns around and talks to him and then the scene at the end with the door that that was there was no real dialogue that was just them being them and that felt natural
0: I thought it was, I liked, I liked it when she kind of shows up and she shows up creepily, like how he's been doing every night, which um, he could have showed up at her hotel bed a little less creepy, but you know, whatever. Yeah, that was kind Um, of like, oh my gosh, calm down. Um, But When she asks him to hold her, I thought that was really almost, that was adorable. And then right after that, then I'll mute it.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, there, like, the um, the introduction to it was okay. And, like, go Dana Scully. Like, get what you want, girl. You just Because um, one of the things Jess and I have talked about in the past, like, Scully has never initiated, like, physical intimacy in terms of Mulder. Mulder just is always the one to kiss her. It's like she can't have her, her own desires. Um, and you don't get to really see anything, Chris Carter, but um, – at least it's it's scully going for what she wants and you know she's allowed to have some type of feelings here um which was progress and then it's like scully said it's like two steps forward three steps back
0: uh, but yeah yeah um i'm trying to think like how to even like put into words how i truly feel about this um, um,
2: there's one positive thing i haven't mentioned and it wasn't just This scene, although the scene, I think it was really, it stood out, was the Mark Snow music. Um, Last season, it just wasn't mixed in very well. It wasn't as present as it is this season. And um, especially when they laid down, like the whole mood shifted with that Mark Snow music. I thought he did an incredible job with that because it was just beautiful. And I hope they release that when they do this, the uh, release of the score.
1: There's been some nice bits of Mark Snow music and some callbacks to some earlier bits of scores throughout here. I think mm-hmm. the one that stood out the most to me was the fame the infamous uh, scalpel scene in My Struggle Free. I think when that assassin turns up, isn't that like um the goodbye Braunschweig from Fight the Future?
2: Mm. I think I have to go back. I, I really recognize like the deep throat music in this. Yes. I thought yeah. I, that was like pulled at my heartstrings, like that felt really good. And then the way he incorporated the theme into the Mulder and Scully scene in the bed and also um, when Dean was being killed there was like a really nice variation kind of on the theme um, I don't know what the disconnect was last season it wasn't the music because when you go back and, and listen to the season 10 um, it's it's beautiful you know but you just didn't really hear it in the show so yeah. I'm not sure
1: I took the use of the X-Files theme in the Mulder Scully bedroom scene as Mark Snow rolling his eyes at Chris's writing there <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that. Yeah.
1: But to give some credit to Chris, I'm just going to assume that the reason they had that conversation is because they never made it to the communication seminar in Detour. If they had, (laughs) then we wouldn't have had this scene.
2: Well, you know, after last week, I think they need to rebuild some office furniture from IKEA for the house. So, I mean, now's the time to build that tower.
0: It just the way that. she so naturally, like, started the conversation and how, like, it almost almost looked easy how they were going back and forth, just how they never had that conversation. It just... I don't know. It was... I'm getting too hung up on it. And, and,
2: like, last season, like, with Mulder and Scully's breakup and Mulder's depression, it's, like, another thing that just wasn't handled properly. It wasn't – if if you had, like, gone into it a little bit more, Other than like, are you taking your meds for um, a disease that, number one, isn't often easily controlled with medication, takes – number two, takes months, number three, like, takes counseling. Like, it just – you know, there's all this really important stuff in terms of Mulder and Scully, and not just – like their romantic relationship, that's just like kind of thrown to the side, and like it, there's no explanation, it just makes sense. And it's it seems not quite like in the past where there were missing scenes and we had to fill it, it doesn't feel like we're just filling something in, it just feels like he's discounted it and it's just not important. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And
0: I'll, I'll say it I wanted to see the make out. I'm sorry, I just
2: I mean, why not? Like, no one's going to stop watching if they make out. People are going to tune in next week for them it's to like, make out. It's like
0: the opposite of Game of Thrones. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just like, you know, it's the opposite of gratuitous. Like, I don't know. I would have liked, I like, come on, guys. Just sell, give, throw me a boat here. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, um, it would have been way better. <laughs> Um, I do. I do want to say I. I did like the, the doppelganger watching from the doorway was a
2: really creepy.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that would have been good to have him like, you
2: know, like why was, you was she filming them? it though? Like for us? I mean, girl, think you know about what would it. have been
1: cool is if they're both lying in bed. Mulder wakes up and his self has come in to creepily stare at him in bed.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, your doppelgangers got together. No, um, no, but. Like, <laughs> I thought, like, I thought it would have been a really good moment for, like, if they would have engaged in um, a kiss and then, like, because, like, everyone's hearts would have been fluttering. Or not everyone, but a lot of people's hearts would have been fluttering. And you'd be like, ah, and then, like, hat shift to her creepily watching the doorway and kill the mood. I thought that would have been great. Like, that would have been really, like, shocking and surprising and kind of, you know, super creepy to go from lovey-dovey to, like, um is, I don't know, but um, I just, I think they're um, I feel yeah. like there should have been, oh, sorry, a little a little no.
2: action <laughs> I, I agree, like, I think it's just ridiculous that Chris is like, oh can't, can't, you know, it'll end the show like, if they get together, I don't the The reason people watch the Exiles is not necessarily because they just want Mulder and Scully to make out, although that's a benefit. It's like the way Mulder and Scully interact with each other and bounce off each other, and um, their chemistry, and you know, that's what really like fascinated people, and that's what draws you in. How they react to these cases, how they deal with these issues, Um, and I think that's probably one of the reasons why um, people had, you know, issues with season nine because you suddenly went from. You know Mulder and Skelly to to oh here here's other people and it was just too much of a a quick jump to to make that transition the way they wanted to. Um, oh, yeah, and, I mean uh, we,
1: we've spent years watching these this relationship just naturally evolve and develop, and suddenly it's just all over the place and it 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 doesn't make sense. It's just whatever's right for this particular episode. And you know Chris, as we said, is particularly guilty of it. I mean. Like I said, this is the X-Files rated P for gratuitous platonic activity.
2: It's, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, there's a, a interview Chris gave recently. I have the quote, and he's talking about Muller and Scully that night. And he says, I wouldn't call them romantic now. In episode three, there was a moment, a night, possibly a second night. Does that make them romantic, or does that make them human? I think that just makes them human. Uh, I don't know if I can, Chris, but I think they're, like, in love with each other and have been for a couple decades now. Like, it's not... <laughs> They're not. Oh, oh, damn it! Slept with my partner again. <laughs> like, like, oops. Like the oh clothes my fell off. <sighs>
0: okay, and I do want to say I have a little problem. Why does Mulder have his shirt on and Scully's naked? Maybe like, he got cold what? because
2: Scully was hogging the covers. I was thinking about this earlier. I think that's the best explanation in terms his of like headcanon. Shirt. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> At least he takes off and uh, goes back in. You. You kind of get molder there. I don't know. I
0: just I wanted to know why his shirt wasn't off. That sounded way worse coming out of my mouth right there. Um, You know what I
2: mean. (laughs) No, I do know what you mean, cousin. And I support you in this endeavor. (laughs) Oh, God. No, but I mean, like, I don't know. We still have to talk about the whole... Like, baby. Yes, topic. I was
1: just trying to think of a segue into that. I was going to say, then know, we talked about we how, how Chris has got things wrong in this episode. Let's talk about how he might get things wrong in the future.
2: <laughs> Number one, I think that Chris still thinks Scully's in her 40s based on the Judy line. Um, I don't know why he doesn't Google it. But um, Scully should be in menopause. Um, and especially given that she's had all this crap done to her. Um, and if she... I mean, I, I would think if, like, fertility weren't still an issue, like, she would have, like, accidentally found that out somewhere down the line, given that she was living with Mulder and they were, you know, presumably sleeping in a non-platonic fashion in the bed that they shared. Um, Even if they were just acting human. Yeah, yeah. That's just well, being some human. Let's not forget
1: the the fact, you know, why William should never have been in the first place is that because Scully can't have children anymore. Yeah. Right. So, you know... And they make it quite clear that they have sex on a pull-out couch, <laughs> so there's another clue there. But let's let's t- <laughs> so let's talk about that. The whole thing with the baby, and you know the fact that everybody now has picked up on that the hotel, the motel is named Saint Rachel, which mm-hmm. um, thank you to the Movie Notebook I know is um, a biblical reference. Uh, in the Old Testament, Rachel is somebody who has two children, uh, Joseph. Mm-hmm and benjamin and that she dies uh, in childbirth with the second child so and
2: she's older when she has these kids and
1: jillian has already said she is not coming back to dana scully after season 11 so um you know she was pregnant for about a year and a half with william so maybe (laughs) it's feasible that she (laughs) has another child within the next six weeks
2: i mean i think that's so dumb like we've we've he's been down the storyline he's like botched it already and here he is going again like digging into this thing that that shouldn't be possible is ridiculous like you know There's just so many problems with it. And and another one that's not just with the storyline is that, you know, all things was put in to be a possible reason as to why Scully got pregnant. And then this is a possible reason why Scully got pregnant. Like, why can't Scully, like, have sex and not just, like, produce babies? Like, why is she only this, like, vessel for a child? Like, you know, she's just human. Like, no, apparently, like, she's some type of divine goddess that isn't allowed to, you know, have her own life and... It's just, it's it's really tiring that we're doing this again, or I don't know. I mean, we don't know for certain what's going to happen, but I, I wouldn't call um, what Chris is doing here subtle, and I think it's really freaking obvious yeah. where he wants to go with this, and... I mean, Mulder and Scully really want to raise a child? Scully would be, what, 54 when that kid's born, so she'd be 72 when he went to college or she went to college. Mulder would be 76. Mulder would be 80 when that kid graduates from college. I mean, what What even is this? How is this, like, a, a good point for them? They don't want a baby. They want their son back, like, the son that was, like, ripped from Scully's arms because, like, people were trying to kill it, and she did what she could to protect him, and uh, is you, this doesn't, like, make up for that, you know? Like, this is still, there's still problems there, and, and presumably all the issues surrounding William would would be a problem, too, you know? Is someone going to come after this potential kid? Is, You know, I don't understand why this time's any different, and then, you know, why Mulder and Scully want to raise a child in their 50s. Because science. Yeah, that's... Yeah, oh, God. <laughs> oh,
0: my God, science. it's just science has the ability to tell her like the probabilities of this child
2: acquiring a mutation. Um. Like my mom was like a decade younger when she had me. And like, that was high risk. Like we're, we're lucky. I don't have like seven arms, but Skelly's gonna have, you know, another miracle child. So, and
0: I just want to, my own personal, um, knowledge, I'm uh, 30 in doing this, and, you know, oh, David, I don't know, this is just randomness, but um, my baby's due date is February 23rd. I'm really excited about it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll oh. it actually comes out on February 23rd. Um, tell going to hang over the crib, Jessa. Well, let's
1: tell them, well, let's say to everybody why that's a significant date for people that don't know.
2: Dame, um, Scully's birthday. Yes, it is
0: Scully's birthday, and it is a girl. Um, no, I'm not naming her Dana. (laughs) 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 Her middle name is Catherine. (laughs) 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 Um, but anyway, but like, I mean, I couldn't imagine doing this in my fifties. Um, I, I mean, I feel like, I mean, I was in great shape. I live, you know, in Colorado. I do like hiking for a living and, um, I just could not imagine this at 53, 54. Um, and that's just the pregnancy side of it. And then like, you know, we brought up the probability of this child being normal genetically and healthy would be, I mean, that would be astounding. Um, But it's just, it's just too late of a plot line for them to be exploring at this stage of their lives. It's just, it's just not plausible. It's, it's quite silly. And I don't know, it's, and it's overdone
2: if he and... wanted to do this he should have done it at the end of existence like if he wanted this for them like he had the opportunity to do it and he couldn't like it could have just been like the truth we both know which chris doesn't seem to remember that we both know the truth here um but i don't know it, you can't just like back out on all this stuff like it's it Chris and and the other X-Files writers always talked about how X-Files fans were, they were really smart, they dug into the show, they understood, like, the the literary and history references into it. And it it just feels like he's not treating us that way, kind of, anymore. And and for him to just be like, oh, well, blah, 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 you can rage against the machine all you want. Like, you know, we're not raging against the machine, Chris. Like, we have some valid concerns. And he hasn't addressed them, like, again. (laughs) And it's just... I just don't know why I go down this road again. It's just
0: it's so I
2: don't, I don't think this understands how the female body works. Um <laughs> I, <laughs> that's, well, okay. Yeah, I mean remember once guys walking around in like silk pajamas like a day after giving birth? Like that's that seems realistic. She looks great too. I mean uh, Well that could be
0: Hollywood, but yeah. you know But it it's just um, yeah, like you said, these hints are not subtle, so I think that they're going to go down this road. I'm not thrilled with it, but, um, I mean, I you know, who knows for sure, but I just it, feel like...
1: I, I really think that he's just trolling people at this point. I think there's so much there, in the fact the episode is called Plus One as well. I think he... I really do believe he is just messing with people at this point. I think that he knows we're all going to pick up these clues and... Just shake our heads at him and rant. I honestly, I, I really don't think he's actually going to go down this road. Surely not.
2: Surely mm, Chris not. Chris Carter. Chris well, Carter has done some crazy stuff. Um not even, people wouldn't think that he, even he would a do this. Cigarette smoking man, like rape Scully. And uh, in you know, it's it's not rape. It's it's impregnating it her with science. Like he's already. Let's, let's
1: take Smokey to go and see Cher. I mean, that's what he deserves, <laughs> right? Oh God,
0: this is getting meta. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, like
2: I but maybe that he wouldn't. But I, th- I think he's made enough poor decisions that, like, I wouldn't be surprised by another one. You know. But maybe, like, like David said,
0: he's purpo- He's because it's clear it's not subtle. It's you know, like everyone is picking up on this. So maybe. You know, he's doing it to mess with us, but then he knows that we'll know that he's messing with us so then he'll do it for real. I don't know. This is
2: (laughs) I guess I guess we'll find out. Plus, there's going to be, you know, Ghouli will really touch on, you know, William to, to some degree. So,
1: Okay, I mean, I know Chris can be very heavy handed. I mean, he is. Let's just face it. He's always been really heavy handed. Um, but I, I honestly don't think he's going to do this. I think he's messing with us. I think he's going to do something that's equally stupid. But <laughs> I think that this, I think that this is just to get us on the wrong track.
2: I guess we should start putting money on it and see where we go from here. we all taking bets. Yeah, there's um, got to be someone online who can who manages for us. Take a poll on what the baby's name is going to be.
0: Yeah, we definitely should do that. <laughs> <laughs> Like, what if he names the baby Chris or Carter?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't think, like, you would, you'd, yeah, I don't think you'd get to see. Like, suppose he tries to give them some, like, happy ending with, like, a baby. Just, like, cringed a little bit thinking about that. that Yeah, um, I, I don't think he'd, like, be like, oh, here's this chubby little baby, like, you know, in Mulder and Scully's, You know, I think you would just be like, surprise, Skulls is pregnant, guys. And then, like, boom, cool. end the episode. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I, Maybe she'll I'm, tell Skinner this time again. <sighs> I'm 50-50. We'll I don't know. I'm, I am i
0: like I think it's plausible that it could, and I, I agree with David that it's plausible this is just to throw us off the trail. So. Yeah. But, so
2: I don't know. It's gonna be something stupid, though. <laughs> I I think we've all agreed that my struggle four will be in a similar vein to my struggle one, two, and three.
0: Maybe you know. Mulder will announce he's pregnant.
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So. I just picture like Scully giving birth like on a beach with like a pot of whales and like Reyes is there and she's actually been good the whole time and she's been like fighting to protect everyone. That's how it will end like with a beautiful sunset and some whale songs and stuff. Yeah
0: but the whales are singing beyond the sea though <laughs> <laughs> I know, just their whale song beyond the sea. So. maybe
2: I wonder if you could remix whale songs into the exile theme? <laughs> I feel like you could and someone should do that. You might have oh. to
1: speed it up a little bit, but I think it could be done.
2: Yeah, and you just have to find like the right notes basically or nice. just like modulate them. Yeah, I don't know how to do any of that though, so we're gonna have to find someone. What if she names her baby Queequeg? It's going to be eaten by an alligator. Well, no, if
1: She has another kid. It's going to be called William after her father this time.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, a know. girl. Maybe five was a girl, and it was still Samantha. William. <laughs> Samantha. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I if if we we're gonna have a baby with Kelly, I think she deserves like a little girl. She can like be badass with, you know, teach it to be um, a kick-ass lady, but unless she has to give just, it up no. oh my god stop it <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna end badly folks put it that way
2: yeah yeah I mean maybe we'll just we'll just like let the fanfic authors handle it for us because that seems to work a little bit better but
0: <sighs> well whatever happens I'm ready Yeah.
1: yes I'll definitely be drinking that night
2: oh my gosh yes <laughs> Oh my god! I, I think, think I have I an exam okay. the next day too. <laughs> wait, 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 wait! I'll deliver this baby. I'll
0: be able to drink. Yes, <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: that that'll work out. No, there's actually like I'm I'm waiting to like have this baby like when there's gonna be X Files on. And I'm gonna like pause my labor just to watch that week's episode and then go
1: back well you're supposed to be doing the podcast with us like a couple of days before your due
0: date so. <laughs> I am I am so if Roy just comes on solo don't don't be surprised I'll just buzz in from the hospital
2: yeah just in between
0: contractions yeah. if
1: you're in labour just scream and we'll just assume that you're commenting on Chris's magnificent writing
0: <laughs> yeah Jess has seen my struggle for <laughs> <laughs> so anyway uh.
1: All right. I think that's a good place as any to wrap this up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for having us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Listeners, are curious as ever to know what you thought of this. Uh, go along to X-Files, talk and go down to, I think it's episode 48 plus one. And you can leave us some comments. There's some great comments on the previous two episodes already. Um, on this, uh, there's a really good, really long comment by Bobby Joe. So, Go check that out and let us know what you think of this, of uh, My Struggle free if you can be bothered, and of course, Plus One. I'll be back next week. Um, We're going to be talking about The Lost Art of Forehead Sweat, which is the Darren Morgan episode, so I'm sure that might be kind of divisive too. We shall see. And, of course, I urge you, uh, go to X-Files, talk where you can download a bonus episode, which is uh, Avi, Keva, and myself talking about the Audible uh, audio series with David and Jillian in there as well. Make a donation for $5 to support the podcast, and we will give you that exclusive bonus episode. That's it for this week. Uh, thank you, Jessa. Thank you, Roy. Thank you. Thank you. I'm off to set up a petition to introduce Dookie Dodgin as an Olympic sport. I want to believe in UFOs and flying saucers and ETs. Think of the conspiracies, but I've seen none of fear above. If I did, I think I probably would run a million miles. Lose my little mind. I'm so sorry, my Skype just crashed. Oh, that's, that's okay. okay. It's it, uh, Skype. It, I swear I did not hang up on you on purpose, because I got bored. <laughs> you talking about shipper stuff.
2: Sure. I can can restart my rant.